The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus put before the crowds another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came to him and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. The slave said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, No, for in gathering the weeds you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time I will tell the reapers, Collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Then he left the crowds and went into the house. And the disciples approached him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is at the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and evildoers, and they will throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Let anyone who hears with ears listen. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Invite any kids that would like to come up to join us for children's time up here. Grace and peace to you from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Last week, um, I spent the week as the chaplain at Bear Creek Camp in the Poconos. Um, Bear Creek Camp is the Lutheran camp for southeastern and northeastern Pennsylvania. And it's a place where we go for our confirmation retreat, our men's retreat, our women's retreat. And this summer, we have spent, um, sent 15 UDLC kids to summer camp there. It was my first time being a summer camp chaplain, so they taught me a lot. And I joined in with the groups for Bible study, for chapel time, hikes and art, arts and crafts, high ropes, archery, meals, games, team building activities, and much more. And I was so impressed with the ministry that they do at this camp. I also had enough time to do some hiking on my own, exploring the trails around the camp, which is 3,000 acres. It's incredible. And I love being out on the trail, preferably along a stream or a creek or a river. It's one of the places where I feel closest to God, and Bear Creek Camp is the perfect place for that. However, as much as I love being surrounded by nature, I confess that I don't know much about it. I didn't grow up camping or hiking, no scouting or outdoor adventures. Even the littlest campers at the nature day camp probably already knew more than me about being out in nature. As I walked along the trails around the camp and mulled this morning's gospel reading about the weeds and the wheat, I wondered whether that was actually a bad thing. Because when all the plants look alike to you, which they do to me, you have to treat them with equal amounts, wonder and respect. For me, every plant I see has the potential to make me itch and break out. 
And at the same time, they are all fantastically beautiful and mysterious, holding secret properties that I have yet to discover. I hike with a combination of reverence for every plant and all at their beauty. And I'm sure that I'll grow in my understanding and that it will enhance my experience, and I learned a lot this past week. But there's something about the simplicity and maybe a little holy ignorance that may not be a bad thing and may not be a bad thing to bring to our gospel reading. The story goes that the farmers have planted wheat in their field, but during the night an enemy has planted weeds. And the farmhands ask whether they should tear it up, but the owner tells them to leave them together in the field until the harvest. Like many of Jesus' parables, this seems strange because our first instinct would be to get rid of the weeds as soon as possible. Even I know that. And yet biblical scholars point out that the type of weed that is sown in this story is a very specific kind. It is known as a bearded darnel, an annual grass with long, slender bristles that looks very much like wheat. You can't tell the difference until they are almost fully bloomed. And so it would be easy to mistake it for the real thing. In a frenzy of weed pulling, you could yank up the wheat along with the weeds, and the owner knows this. He knows that until the harvest, in the meantime, you have to treat them with equal amounts of appreciation and respect. I love this parable, and I love how it is so true to life. In life, we always hold the good and the bad together. It comes with being alive, being human. Faith does not insulate us from bad things, but faith helps us to navigate them, to trust that God is with us. It gives us perspective and hope and reminds us that we are not alone. It reminds us that even in our hardest moments, grace happens, that love carries us through. The parable just seems to name a fundamental truth of our experience. It also names another fundamental truth. We don't always know which is which. We don't always know which is the wheat and which is the weed. There are so many times in our lives when something we thought was a weed turns out to be wheat and vice versa. Sometimes it feels like they can be two sides of a coin. And a lot of time we actually don't know, or we may not know until much later, if ever. Something we thought was good for us may turn out not to be. Something we thought was bad may yield something good in the end. Sometimes it's crystal clear but most of the time it can be hard to tell. And so we have to treat all of life with equal amounts, wonder and respect, and ultimately trust that God will sort it out in the end. A couple weeks ago, I attended the funeral for Dave Williams. He and his wife, Jane, have worshiped here for many years. And two years ago, Dave had a stroke, which put him in Artman home for the last two years. And no one would wish for that. And yet Jane and Dave found so much grace in the time that they were able to spend together and in the love and care they received at Artman. At Dave's funeral, Jane got up and read a portion of the song Blessings, which our band sometimes sings. And she quoted it, and it goes, What if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? What if the trials of this life are your mercies in disguise. And the song goes on, 
What if my greatest disappointments or the aching of this life is the revealing of a greater thirst this world can't satisfy? What if trials of this life, the rain, the storms, the hardest nights are your mercies in disguise? I thought it was a breathtaking moment for a widowed spouse to take the pulpit and share these words of hope amidst her grief. That was the whole gospel right there, the weeds and the wheat. The Lutherans would call this the theology of the cross, where God's love, presence, and grace are revealed in the hardest of times. Lutherans say that God is most present when we suffer, when we go through difficult times, when we are pushed to the wall. This is what Jesus shows us on the cross. God in Jesus sharing the world's suffering, the trials of our lives. God revealed in the place where we would least expect it. Through his own suffering, death, and resurrection, Jesus ensures that even in death we find life. Even at the end of our rope, we find hope. And this is why Paul, who suffered so greatly himself, could write, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us, for in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Which is the weed and which is the wheat in this life? The longer I live, the less certain I am about that. I don't know. We don't know. Yet our world today is full of false certainties about what is wheat and what is weed. Everyone is so certain about everything, and they often use religion to justify it. And it preys on our longings in a rapidly changing world for clarity and to know where we stand, but it presents a false choice. It turns our spiritual lives into a zero-sum game. And in thinking we know which is which and who is who, we start ripping out what we imagine to be the weeds, and we pull up the wheat with it. And all of a sudden, our field is decimated, and there is nothing left. And so it is becoming with our common life today. In the parable of the weeds and the wheat, Jesus calls us to question our certainty, what we think we know, and reveals our secret desires to sit in the place of God. This parable shows us another way, a way of making our way through the world with less certainty and more holy wonder in how we regard our lives, how we regard others, treating everything and everyone with an equal amount of wonder and respect. We don't know, but God does. And Jesus invites us to let that be enough. For to borrow a quote that I love from an early church father, St. Gregory of Nyssa, only wonder comprehends anything. Only wonder comprehends anything. Amen.